0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The finals are upon us. Tatum, Curry, Brown, Thompson, Smart, Wiggins, Horford, Poole, Celtics, Warriors. You can bet on all of the nba finals action with betonline.ag and you can get a 50 percent welcome bonus when you sign up using the link in the description to this episode bet online where the game starts <laughs> Of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is a Wednesday, June 8th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in, however, and whenever. You may be listening. We originally had an episode planned today where we were going to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays and the controversy that broke out over the weekend because five players on the Tampa Bay Rays ignorantly decided to not wear pride patches on their uniforms, and the Rays gave them an opt out, and we had this long, in-depth piece that we we're going to talk about around LGBTQIA plus rights, and I recorded it while preparing for a midterm exam, and we went through all of that, and the podcast still exists. It's going to come out on Friday, I think. So full scale, I'm about to graduate college, and you're going to hear an episode next week where I uh, kind of just. wax poetically about the last few years and genuflect on the podcast and all that stuff and that's just because I'm going to be spending a week doing all the college graduation stuff and it's going to be difficult for me to not only watch the NBA finals but it's also going to be difficult for me to record podcasts in the meantime so we'll have all of that coming up later I'm saving that podcast because as much as it is a really big story and I want to do an in-depth piece about the Tampa Bay Rays that got nuked by the story from Jenny Vrentas that dropped in the New York Times around what I've been calling a sports story for a generation, Deshaun Watson, and we have new reporting, and I've been screaming for a while, like, we need more reporting around this situation, better understanding this would be great while there's not a lot of developments in the the, um, civil trials, other than now two new people added to the civil lawsuits, and you it would be one step in that direction additionally reporting that was done by Bryant gumbel and hbo we talked about a couple of weeks ago added to yesterday's story where we detailed the 24th woman and her humanizing story of being in a room with deshaun watson aggressively making sexually predatory advances and what seems like sexual coercion at a time and hearing all of this stuff and humanizing it is really really important and Good credible journalism like the New York Times and Jenny Vrentas who Jenny Vrentas has been reporting on this story since she was working at Sports Illustrated and now she's moved to the New York Times and continued the reporting around this Deshaun Watson case with lots of new details across the last year that have come out in reporting this Deshaun Watson story. So Let's talk about Deshaun Watson again today, and it might be Deshaun Watson podcast number eight, but this is one of those that even a 50-minute podcast broken down and nuance that I had been writing for two hours pauses for this story that comes out, and I want to talk about the reporting here and just read it first and foremost. That might be a big bulk of the podcast because... New details are important to add to the case, like some level of involvement from the Houston Texans in giving him a non-disclosure agreement, or some level of involvement for the Texans in helping to supply four of the now 66 masseuses over 17 months that Deshaun Watson engaged with, which... Deshaun Watson I mean we'll talk about it more in the in the reporting but Deshaun Watson had previously said that there were about 40 massage therapists that he had met with over his 5-year NFL career which if you're adding up the math on it would be the 22 plus who were filing lawsuits at the time plus the 15 people who when Rusty Harden reached out to them were willing to give Deshaun Watson a vouch of confidence and so we have over 17 months now detailed accounts of at least 66 women who, of whom Deshaun Watson made contact with. So with that as the, the precedent, and there's other reporting that we'll discuss later of new developments around this, here's the reporting from Jenny Vrentas first and foremost. And if you want to read the full story, it's free. It's available in the New York Times right now. You can check it out uh, with the link in the description to this episode as well. The accusations have been frequent and startling. More than two dozen women have said the football star Deshaun Watson harassed or assaulted them during massage appointments that Watson and his lawyers insist were innocuous. Two grand juries in Texas this year declined to charge him criminally and, while the NFL considers whether to discipline him, Watson has gotten another job, signing a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract to play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. It is time, Watson and his representatives say, for everyone to move on. Yet, a New York Times examination of records, including depositions and evidence for the civil lawsuits as well as interviews of some of the women, show that Watson engaged in more questionable behavior than previously known. The Times' review also showed that Watson's conduct was enabled, knowingly or not, by the team he played for at the time, the Houston Texans, who provided a venue Watson used for some of his appointments. A team representative also furnished him with a non-disclosure agreement after a woman who is now suing him threatened online ex- online to expose his behavior. Rusty Hardin, Watson's lawyer, says the cl- his client continues to vehemently deny the allegations in the lawsuit. The Texans did not respond to specific questions about Watson's use of team resources. They said in a statement that they first learned of the allegations against him in March 2021 and have cooperated with investigators and will continue to do so. Spokesperson for the Browns said the team had no immediate comment. An NFL spokesperson declined to comment as well. Watson had said publicly that he hired about 40 different therapists across his five seasons in Houston but the Times reporting found that he booked appointments with at least 66 different women in just the 17 months from fall 2019 through spring 2021, which, by the way, spring 2021 was when the lawsuits were first being filed against him. A few of these additional women, speaking publicly for the first time, described experiences that undercut Watson's insistence that he was only seeking professional massage therapy. One woman, who did not sue Watson or complain to the police, told The Times that he was persistent in his requests for sexual acts during their massage, including, quote, "...begging her to put her mouth to, to put her mouth on his penis." Quote, "...I specifically had to say, No, I can't do that," said the woman, who spoke on the condition of an- anonymity to protect her family's privacy. Quote, "...and that's when I went into asking him, What's it like being famous? Like, what's going on? You're about to mess up everything. Before Watson was drafted by the Texans 12th overall in 2017, he was a champion-winning quarterback at Gainesville High School in Clemson. Since his first wave of suits were filed against Watson last year, the main allegations against him have been familiar. Women complained that Watson had turned massages sexual without their consent, including purposefully touching them with his penis and coercing sexual acts. It's not clear when he began looking for so many different women to give him massages. Hardin has said his client needed to book appointments ad hoc when the coronavirus pandemic began, though Watson began working with numerous women before then. Not all the women who gave Watson massages between October 2019 and March 2021 have detailed their interactions with him. Some who have shared their experiences say they had no problems. Others describe troubling and similar behaviors. The 66 women are the 24 who have sued him, including two who's filed suits within the last week. In the most recent suit, the woman says Watson masturbated during their massage. A woman who sued, but then withdrew the complaint because, quote, privacy and security concerns. Two women who filed criminal complaints against Watson, but did not sue him. At least 15 therapists who issued statements of support for Watson at the request of his lawyers and gave him massages during that period at least four therapists from Genuine Touch, the massage therapy group contracted with the Texans, five women identified by the plaintiff's lawyers during the investigation for their civil suits, at least 15 other women whose appointments with Watson were confirmed through interviews and records reviewed by the New York Times. A deeper look at the civil suits, including a review of private messages entered as evidence, show the lengthy efforts by Watson to book massages, and the methods he used to assure women that he could be trusted. One woman who sued Watson was a flight attendant, who began taking massage therapy classes during the pandemic. She and Watson were in the same social circle, but Watson acknowledged in deposition that they had never really spoken except to say hello. In November 2020, after a friendly exchange on Instagram, Watson saw the woman was a massage therapist and sent a message asking for an appointment. As they struggled to work out of time, Watson told her, quote, just trying to support black businesses, a message he repeated later. Watson regularly presented himself as an ally to businesswomen. In the suit filed this week, the therapist alleged that he told her that he, quote, really wanted to support black businesses. And on another occasion, he left a woman perplexed when he purchased 30 bottles of her $40 skin cleanser. In messages to the woman, whom he knew from his social circle, Watson asked to meet at the Houstonian, an upscale hotel and club where the Texans had secured a membership for him. She said she wasn't comfortable going to a hotel because she knew Watson's girlfriend, and indeed had once babysat her and her younger brother. The woman told Watson she wanted to keep things, quote, professional and respectful. Quote, oh, most definitely, Always professional, he texted. I even have an NDA I have therapists sign too." He was referring to the NDA he had received just days earlier from a member of the Texan's security staff. Watson didn't explain in the text how the woman would benefit from signing a document meant to protect him. Finally, the woman suggested they meet at her mother's house in Manville, a 30-minute drive for Watson. He responded, quote, Damn, that's far, but agreed to make the trip. In the civil suit, the woman filed against Watson last year. She said she was uneasy with his directions to, quote, get up in there during the massage, but chalked it up to her inexperience and agreed to work with him again. When he ejaculated during the second appointment and then asked her for another massage later that day at the Houstonian, she first agreed, then told him she could not make it. She eventually blocked his number. Most of the women Watson saw for massages did not sue or call the police, but even some who did not complain said Watson came looking for sex. The woman who sold bottles of cleanser to Watson had a few appointments with him during the summer of 2020. This anesthetician, who spoke on condition of anonymity to protect her privacy, told Watson when he booked an appointment that she was licensed only to give him a back facial but she said in an interview with the times that he got fully undressed and directed her towards his groin when she said there was no sexual contact she, be- while she while she said there was no sexual contact she believed that he was seeking more than a professional massage watson and his lawyers have said he was only seeking massages lawyers have acknowledged that watson had sexual contact with 3 of the women who have sued him the sexual acts took place after massages and were initiated by women Asked whether he was asserting that Watson never had sexual contact with any other massage therapists, Hardin did not respond. Another woman who spoke to the Times, a physical therapist who did not sue Watson, said he initiated sexual contact in all three of their appointments. This woman, who spoke on condition of anonymity to protect her privacy, said in an interview she began by working on Watson's back, but when he flipped over, she said his demeanor and voice changed and he began aggressively dictating where he wanted her to touch him. In their first session, she said he got into the happy baby yoga pose on his back with his feet in his hands and asked her to massage between the testicles and anus. She laughed off the request, but said he grabbed her wrist and put her hand there. The woman said Watson twice initiated sexual intercourse, once by pulling down the scrubs she was wearing. She and Watson knew each other from around town and were on friendly terms, and she admitted she let him proceed with these sexual acts. Quote, I just didn't know how to tell him no, she said, which, for those who don't know, is sexual coercion. That was me ad-libbing. Hardin said in a statement it would be irresponsible and premature for us to comment on the vague details put forth by anonymous individuals. In June 2020, Watson began frequenting a spa in a strip mall off Interstate 45, at least a 30-minute drive from his home or work. He had found a new-you spa on Instagram and sent a message. The owner, Dion Dion Lois, became a resource for Watson, able to connect him with multiple women for massages. She looked out for him, she said in a deposition, sometimes arranging for a security guard when Watson came in concerned the expensive cars he drove might make him a target for robbery she also got things from him in november 2020 watson paid her five thousand dollars through an app she said to buy spa equipment lois told one of her employees in a text i told you i'll show you how to get money from men that's my specialty it might be louise by the way it's l-o-u-i-s so i'm gonna go to louise lois kind of the same thing Louis and her lawyer did not respond for request for comment. During the months Louis and Watson worked together, she set up appointments for him with several women who worked there, none of whom was licensed in Texas to perform massages. One was the woman who said Watson begged her for oral sex. She described how he tried to build up sexual acts, starting with his request that she work on his behind and go higher up on the inner thighs. Which put her hands uncomfortably close to his testicles. When he flipped over, she said, he was exposed with an erection, but she refused his request for oral sex. That woman did not sue Watson, but four other employees of A New You Spa did. They all said in their lawsuits that Louis gave him special attention. In June 2020, one woman said in her suit Louis drove her to a hotel to meet Watson for a massage during which he groped her and touched her hand with his penis. Louis was not in the room, but in text messages she later sent to this woman, she appeared to refer to Watson treating her employees poorly. Quote, I began talking to Deshawn. I just told his ass off. He got it now. Louis added in a second message. I told him he can't treat us black women any kind of way. In her deposition, Louis denied sending these messages, though evidence in the civil suits indicate they were sent from her phone number. Nia Smith, who also worked at A New You Spa, filed a lawsuit against Watson last week, the 23rd of 24 civil cases. Smith said that during their first massage, Watson asked her to put her fingers inside his anus, a request she said she told Louis about afterwards. She said in the second session he asked her if she wanted his penis in her mouth, and that he repeatedly requested sex in their third and final massage. Smith also claimed that Louis knew Watson was seeking sex, and told her she needed to keep watson happy in a deposition louie denied she knew anything about watson's sexual desires in early november 2020 after smith stopped working at a new you spa she posted text messages from watson along with his phone number and his cash app receipts on instagram she included the message quote i could really expose you adding an expletive days later When Watson went to work at the Texans' stadium, he found an NDA in his locker. He later said in a deposition that Brent Nakara, a former Secret Service agent who is the Texans' director of security, put it there after Watson told him about Smith's Instagram posts. From the deposition. Question. Okay, this NDA, you had already gotten from, you had already gotten this NDA by this point obviously from Brent. Watson. Yes. Brent Nakara? Watson. Yes, sir. "'Head of security for the Texans? Watson, yes, sir. "'He's the guy that gave it to you. He put it in my locker. Yes, sir.'" Watson began taking the NDA to massages that same week, giving one to the woman in Manville who signed it and another to a woman who said in her lawsuit that she ended the session after he suggested a sexual act. Watson told her she had to sign in order for him to pay, so she did, according to her filing. Watson said in a deposition that he used this NDA only for massage appointments because he had lawyers and agents who handled his other business. It's unclear whether the Texans knew how many massages Watson was getting or who was providing them, but their resources helped support his massage habits away from the team. Watson acknowledged in a deposition that the Texans arranged for him to have, quote, a place at the Houstonian. He used the fitness club, dined there, and also set up massages in his hotel room. At least seven women met him at the hotel for appointments, according to interviews and records, two of whom filed civil lawsuits and two complained to the police. The Texans weren't aware of massage appointments at the hotel, quote, that I know of, Watson said. He also said that his access to the property was not under his name. One woman who gave Watson a massage at the Houstonian said she was told the room was registered to a member of the Texans' training staff. So that's most of the reporting that was done. The rest talks about Rusty Harden and possibly some foul play in the, the criminal investigation, but it seems like standard legal practice, but something that's also kind of shady about his involvement with the district attorney and all that stuff. But those are the humanizing stories that I wanted to talk about with the new reporting that has come out. And the reason I wanted to talk about those specifically is... We've seen a lot of evidence now from Watson that suggests a similar pattern of behavior when it comes to bouncing between massage therapy appointments. It's a similar type of situation where he engages in massages, switches to body parts that were not engaged in in the first place, which then leads to sexually predatory behavior such as sexual coercion or asking for touching in certain places, forcing women to touch him in certain places, ejaculating on women, women being forced to touch his anus. Things like that have seemed to be a stereotypical pattern with Watson to such a point where it became routine. Like Watson had a rhythm of how he would go about this and would bounce from massage therapist to massage therapist and I mean by the the data that we're talking about here if you're talking about 66 and some of them he had multiple appointments with you're talking about hundreds of massage therapy appointments across a 17 month span which adds up to like six plus massages every week and maybe that's a consist or every month and that maybe that's a consistent thing but overwhelmingly it seems like this guy was using massage therapists for hookups and for him to get off. And so this is where all of it becomes gross and when we dive into sexually predatory behavior. It's someone who immediately enters a situation with different intentions than the professional relationship that's established on the front end, acknowledges this in text messages at times, and gets freaked out by the idea of people retaliating against him and even as said in in other deposition cases like the one to ashley solis and the ones that were reported by jenny vrentas before like i know you have a reputation i have a reputation i wouldn't want to mess that up for either of us like threatening messages after the fact knowing that this is the situation knowing how you can get past it. And some of the details there are more details of sexual coercion with Deshaun Watson. They're not criminally sexual assault, yet sexual coercion is something that it was incredibly difficult to prove in a court of law. Usually, result, especially with someone who has 25 cases brought against him, it's believable that this is something that he could be culpable for. And so you keep going down the line and finding these new stories. And This probably won't affect the legal side of things that much, but sticking to the humanizing portions of this, you're talking about more and more details that help paint a picture of just how this was coming. And we've been following this a lot, or specifically I've been following this a lot, and maybe you've dove deeper into this as a result of podcasts like this, or conversations like this, or just general interest around what I've been calling a sports story for a generation. Having people take deep looks into the civil suits, engaging with 15 other therapists who are not, at least 15 women who they were confirmed to meet with Deshaun Watson through the New York Times, talking to the women who... Uh, were identified by the plaintiffs lawyers in in some of these situations and following the deep details of these the civil suit that other people aren't exactly following. Putting it all together in one concise picture is really helpful. And that's kind of what we've been trying to do with these podcasts is portraying forth an example of why there is need for a precedent setting decision around this stuff because there is no precedent. For This type of serial sexually predatory behavior. The NFL doesn't know how to handle it. Legal systems were not equipped to handle it, especially in the state of Texas, where the bar for criminal sexual assault is higher than in most states or at least other states. And you're looking at a situation where it feels like it's going to get messed up somehow that accountability is not going to be delivered. In this situation for a totally unprecedented situation that's now gone on across years and years and years and is something that's going to cost Deshaun Watson years of the prime of his career and should in this respect a measure of accountability for this type of predatory behavior is especially important around this situation and continuing to talk about report and following the reporting that's been done by whether it's Real Sports with Brian Gumble or New York Times or Sports Illustrated or Yahoo Sports or USA Today who we talked about yesterday with the twenty fourth woman and following the trial there, it's really, really important to keep following this situation and talk about this humanizing story of This guy, this guy's behavior that is traumatizing real victims in this respect. And so I'm really glad that there was this report to dive into around that from the legal standpoint, nothing really changes as a result of this. And remember, every time we talk about this, we go from humanizing story to legal side of the story to football side of the story. And in regards to the legal ramifications, there really aren't any new legal ramifications in this situation. We talked about the 24th woman who brought uh, accusations forward. We talked about Watson saying the right things and then engaging in the predatory behavior behind closed doors. And then, you know, the NDA part, in regards to the Houston Texans, which I guess this can lead into the football conversation side of it, giving Deshaun Watson a non-disclosure agreement because of his concerns that one woman was going to take him Public and then using the NDA after engaging in these behaviors with massage therapists and just trying to get by, trying to get by without worrying about the consequences of such situations. And that's when you see, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, like they detailed in there, like he would go to the woman afterwards and say i won't pay you unless you sign this non-disclosure agreement and the woman does and now that non-disclosure agreement continues to be used probably because that woman hadn't filed a lawsuit against him and going to strip malls and and getting connections to massage therapists as a result of that one of which again was when a person again they talked about how he had during that uh, woman who had filed the lawsuit from a new use spa you talking about going to a hotel and being groped and touched by, or having his penis touch her hand, and all of that stuff that's gross and follows a pattern of predatory behavior, it just gives you more and more detailed accounts to follow this story. And so all of that stuff from a humanizing standpoint is right there. If you want to read it, if you want to listen to it, if you want to feel empathy for these victims in that situation, it's there. And then it becomes a conversation about the perpetrator, which leads us to the NFL part, which is Getting a non-disclosure agreement for Deshaun Watson is not going to be something that the Texans will probably be held culpable for in this situation, and in honesty, they probably shouldn't. It's difficult because this behavior was going on around them and they enabled it. I think even they were shocked by the level of predatory behavior that had been engaged And you can definitely plead ignorance in this situation, not that it's an excuse, it's just deniability for the Houston Texans, even when it comes to the NDA and even when it comes to the type of behavior that was happening over at the Houstonian, because you have you put trust in the guy that you pay 180 million dollars and give all this power to, that they're not going to abuse the power, and even if they do abuse the power, you fight on their behalf. And the thing that the Texans did not do was fight on Deshaun Watson's behalf. So, in regards to that, in regards to the NFL situation, I hope that there's a record-setting precedent handed down. Like, if Michael Vick is going to lose two to three years of his NFL career over the dogfighting thing, and that was obviously just a sham bit of a a case. So I'm not saying that's a precedent setter or Calvin Ridley is a precedent setter because there literally is no precedent for this type of situation. All a precedent does is help us give an easier image of how you're going to proceed following justice in this case, how we're going to proceed trying to find a, a legal precedent to use. There's no precedent around this. The NFL personal conduct policy is only seven years old. Even if it wasn't only seven years old, there is no context for this type of sexually predatory behavior from a star player who people actively want to keep in the NFL and 13 teams lined up to trade for. There's no precedent for this. The NFL is going to have to lead on this situation if they want to. And we remember talking about the the Bryant Gumbel uh, interview with Real Sports They talked about how the NFL, uh, Tony Busby mentioned how the NFL was investigating because they felt like they had to. It was that they was expected of them, not that this was something the NFL had to do or was uh, like t- trying to take an effort for. They, they felt obligated to investigate, and eventually they just stopped working with the NFL, and maybe that'll impact the accountability measure for Deshaun Watson. Who knows? It's not Tony Busby's prerogative. It's not the people who are suing's prerogative of what happens with Deshaun Watson and his job. It's just a slap in the face that this high-profile athlete gets to move to a new city and gets to have this record-setting contract and gets rewarded in essence so far for this type of behavior. Yeah, he missed a year of football, but he missed a year of football while getting paid $40 million and then got a giant record-setting new contract from the Cleveland Browns with a contract clause enabled in there that protects him in the event he gets suspended for this year, which I'm hoping that because the trial won't begin until 2023 that Deshaun Watson will be placed on the exempt list this year and the NFL decides not to rush into giving him a suspension because you can only suspend one time, not like the Ray Rice situation, which the NFL had to get sued by the Players Association for. You can only punish one time for all of this behavior. So I hope that the NFL puts Deshaun Watson on the exempt list for the entire next season and then engages in a long-term suspension after the fact. And maybe after all is said and done, the Cleveland Browns would like to bring him back and compete for championships. I just hope there's some measure of accountability around that situation because the details continue to be more and we can finally piece together more of the story. The civil suit... is being put together and reporting by Sports Illustrated and by USA Today and by the New York Times and by Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel. You're getting reporting and being able to put this picture together, as we've done before. And by the way, while we have a minute here, because we can only talk about the NFL suit so much, and I hope they just keep pushing it down the road and keep him off the field as some measure of accountability, even if he's going to get paid. Because like we talked about last time, the NFL can let him get away with it if they want to. It's just whether or not they feel obligated to do the right thing. And sometimes guilt, like bad parties or bad messengers sometimes can give you the right result and a measure of accountability. Who knows what's going to end up happening here. But let's put the timeline together. In the 23 lawsuits that we knew at the time, we have March 2000. And again, Jenny Vrentas is putting together that 66 massage appointments between... 2019 and 2021 fall 2019 and spring 2021 here's the ones who are filing lawsuit march 30th 2020 plaintiff's home in texas april 19th 2020 houston spa may 28th 2020 watson's home in houston june 2nd 2020 at a houston spa june 2020 and august 17th at a hotel and later spa in houston july 2020 plaintiff's house in houston dropped the lawsuit since then july 2020 in arizona Four sessions between July 2020, September 2020 in Texas, July 15th, 2020 in Beverly Hills, California, August 2nd, 2020 hotel in Houston, August 28th, 2020 Houstonian hotel club and spa, which we now know the Houston Texans were paying for him to use the Houstonian hotel club and spa and included massages at that hotel at his hotel room. September 2nd, 2020, and November 17th, 2020, at Watson's house. Multiple encounters between September 19th, 2020, and October 2020 at a Houston spa. September 24th, 2020, rented room at a Houston salon. Two sessions, October 19th, November 2nd, 2020, plaintiff's office in Houston. October 8th, 2020, Houston spa. October 19th at Plaintiff's Office in Houston, November 6th and November 10th Plaintiff's Mother's House in Texas, November 9th, 2020 at Plaintiff's Office in Houston, December 28th, 2020 at Houston Office Building, sometime in 2020, January 21st, 2021 in Houston, march 5th 2021 at massage therapy business in sandy springs georgia that's the timeline we've put all of that together with those are the 23 that we know filed a lawsuit against deshaun watson as we talked about or as jenny vrentas talked about at the very beginning of this story as well you have deshaun watson uh 66 women that it also include along with the 23 people there which is now up to 25 or 24 plus 25 the person who withdrew her complaint Uh, You have 15 therapists who issued statements of support for Watson, uh, four therapists from the Genuine Touch who are not suing Deshaun Watson, five women identified by the plaintiff's lawyers during investigation, and the 15 other women who told, I mean, two of them told their stories in the New York Times story as well. Who knows how many of them are victims as well, but aren't bringing lawsuits or aren't coming forward. I'm not saying all 66, I'm saying there's a statistically number of people who are also victims in this situation as we detailed with the, um, the two stories that we had here. So you can add it up to 30 close to 30 at this point. It might not be exactly 30, but you have Jane Doe who told the story in Sports Illustrated. You have two more women who aren't suing Deshaun Watson talking in this one. That's 25 plus 26, 28 people we know of with similar types of sexually predatory behavior. And maybe you don't need 21 or 28 or whatever the number might be. It's just putting a picture together of what happened in this totally unprecedented situation of a star quarterback engaging in sexually predatory behavior on a serial level that sometimes becomes repetitive. And this is the important point to focus in on and why I'm glad there's a lot of reporting here and why we wanted to delay some other things to talk about this story specifically, because it's a big deal. And again, I will reiterate the same point that we talked about last time around the NFL. This is not going to lead to anything Houston Texans related. I feel confident around that. What we can point to is this is repeated sexually predatory behavior, and the NFL can be a measure of accountability if they so choose. They can enable them to get away with it, or they can put a punishment down on him. And it's not exactly the NFL because the new collective bargaining takes some of that power away from Roger Goodell and there is a secondary panel, you can appeal it further beyond the point. And this is an important point that will be interesting to follow, which probably won't happen for another year. We'll get close to two years following this story before we pick up details around a measure of accountability, not just in the civil lawsuit, also in the NFL's lawsuit. And it's why it's really, really important to keep following this story and put pieces together on the reporting. Whether or not your opinions are formed or not around this situation, continuing to hear humanizing stories over and over again will prevent The traumatic details of this from becoming normal or thinking that it's just another development in this case. There are real victims. There are real stories that we need to empathize with because it will improve the way that we talk about sexual harassment and sexual assault within the workplace, how powerful people are allowed to get away with perversive behavior, especially powerful men, and the way that women are treated, not just in the workplace, but in society at large. We can make actual legitimate change, and it's something that matters to me a whole lot. I know we've talked about gun violence issues, and on Friday we're going to talk about LGBTQIA plus issues again around the Tampa Bay Rays story. This is something where change can be instigated tomorrow. We can actually use this... And use this weird arena of sports the same way some people are using that weird arena of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard to further whatever sort of culture war propaganda they find there. But what's interesting about this is that you can actually start to instigate real change. You can actually be a leader in creating measures of accountability for predatory, powerful people. And perhaps that starts with this and and little by little what we can do. Over the next year and what we've been doing over the past six to seven months, I guess going back to a year because we did one of these back in May when the civil trial was first engaging underway and things actually started setting in that this was a once in a or ace that this was a sports story for a generation once that started to set in. And we could piece details together over the last year, reporting from Jenny Vrentas, reporting from Bryant Gumbel, reporting from USA Today, uh, details from the civil suits being accumulated together and put in an easy-to-digest form for people who aren't following all hundreds of hours of these depositions, all of that pieced together will be a great way to speak truth to power and hold Deshaun Watson accountable because that's the most important thing around this situation is an accountability measure for Deshaun Watson, whether it be through the the civil suits and financial compensation, although we're talking about $100,000 settlements back in October. And if you multiply that by 24 women, you're only looking at $2.5 million when Deshaun Watson just guaranteed himself 250 million dollars just in the last 12 months since all of this has come out and what you can point to around this situation is where is the measure of accountability again the Texans paid him 40 million dollars last year to not play football where is the accountability measure where is it going to come from is it going to be denying him the, the opportunity to continue his career for a temporary period of time possibly years is it going to be the, the ability to, I mean, it doesn't look like you're going to be able to take away his freedoms. Is it going to be financial compensation? Is it going to be those women getting to rally around each other? Where is the accountability measure going to come from? Because you can look to the NFL to be an accountability measure around this. And that's just because legal systems have failed. And this is an incredibly unique situation with an incredibly powerful person. And I'm not sure where that accountability measure is going to come from. I'm just not sure. Just putting all the reporting together will be a great way to hold truth to power and make this situation more clear and transparent for people to understand if they so seek out the information. And I appreciate all of you continuing to seek out the little bit of information we have here because obviously we're not doing this perfect, but I like to think that we're doing a good job of following this here story. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. I appreciate you stopping in here on this episode that was a little impromptu because the reporting came out in the afternoon and I had to take a midterm and I came back and I already had a story prepared. But all of that is semantics. I'm very glad that we got to talk about this and I'm really, really appreciative of detailed reporting that has been done around this story to continue to hold truth to power and help me better understand how to be more prepared for these situations when they appear outside of this weird arena of sports. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in. Take it easy. Um, If you want to have comments on this as well, drop them either in, in our Instagram DMs or Drop it to me on Twitter, or I guess even in the in the um, the review section of Apple Podcasts. Just any way you can find us. There's a link in the description of this episode for ways to contact us. If you guys want to talk about this, I know it's mostly guys, and hopefully some women. But if people want to talk about this more than happy to talk about it as well the the link to the full report with jenny vrentas we read most of it on the podcast today but the full detailed reporting is there as well again this is the most detailed account we've had from jenny since last year when she did the initial reporting for sports illustrated and piecing together all of the timelines of stuff which the the article that i use to keep um, referencing back to that is from march of 2022 so That's helpful in piecing together the timeline of events and this will be really helpful to continue having more detailed accounts along with the Bryant Gumbel investigation which talked to Ashley Solis and Kyla Harris who we hadn't heard from up until this point. Um, It's really great detailed reporting that will help make this a little bit more clear. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.